Welcome to the Wilds Cast. Today, Rabbi Wilds speaks with Daniel Waller. Daniel's a curious kid from Palo Alto, California, bugged by a loud and persistent question, what does it mean to be Jewish? Daniel was thrust into a strange, random, and wonderful journey that brought him to MJE one spring Shabbos morning in 2019. He's a renowned actor and a wonderful guy. We hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Okay, we are live. Welcome, everyone, to the Wildcast. Welcome, Daniel. I have... Um, this is one of the, the... One of the... All right, I'm just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in with an introduction, but I have to preface my introduction with the word nachas. Nachas is the Jewish word for joy, but it's supposed to capture the kind of joy that only a parent or a teacher can have. And you'll hear, and those of you tuning in to our Wildcast will hear exactly what I'm talking about. Daniel Ryan Wallach um, is a curious kid from Palo Alto, California. I'm reading his bio. Uh, Bugged by a loud and persistent question, what does it mean to be Jewish? Daniel was thrust into a strange, random, and wonderful journey that brought him to MJE on a Shabbat morning back in 2019. And my friends listening to this, I will never forget when Daniel showed up on that Saturday morning. Daniel chose Rabbi Wilds, it says here, as his mentor uh, the day he met him and continues to say yes to everything MGE has to offer. Everything? I don't think, I think I've mentioned a few things to you you haven't said yes to. Like, I, I, I never got the billion dollar check in the mail. I'm working on it, Rabbi. I'm working on it. Okay, cool. Uh, as Daniel was completing uh, the MG Fellowship Program in 2020, the world shut down with COVID-19. Confused with the world and eager to continue a path of self-growth, Daniel made a sudden decision last December to fly to Israel and to study in yeshiva, in seminary, where he has been learning. Daniel's an actor with a special interest in Shakespeare, working in regional theater before he arrived in New York City. When he was in New York, Daniel, and he continues to pursue his artistic talent, teaching theater to kids, and he also dabbles in real estate. Daniel's a graduate of the Cal Arts School of Theater and has got a BFA in acting. Welcome, Daniel Wallach. Thank you, Rabbi. You should mention that, that you did not write that bio. I wrote that bio. Just want, yes. I just want everyone to know that. Yeah, it would be a little presumptuous of me to write a bio that says... That Daniel chose Rabbi Wilds as his mentor the day he met him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but but everyone should just know that one of the reasons, there are many reasons why we're interviewing Daniel uh, today, and this is actually the first time I've ever had the opportunity to interview a student and a friend from MJE, is because uh, he's going to be honored at the MJE annual dinner. When is that? That it, it, two weeks from today. Tuesday. Oh my God. It's two weeks from tonight. That's crazy. Uh, The 16th um, of June, uh, Tuesday night, the 16th of June, which is very, very exciting. Oh no, Wednesday night. It's two weeks from tomorrow night. Rabbi, I want you to know that I spent some time thinking about this, uh, this award, this uh, student of the year situation. And I I completely figured it out. I completely figured out why you're honoring uh, me with this, um, this most prestigious award. And I understand now that it is 100% only has to do with improving a, uh, a shidduch profile. <laughs> there are, listen, there are, it's just getting harder and harder to marry people off. And 
even though we only do a dinner once a year, we could at least ensure that one person from Manhattan Jewish experience will get married by honoring them with this prestigious award, 100%. It will, by the way, everybody who gets this award gets married within the next, like, two years. Just say. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, Rabbi. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do want to correct um, a false impression that I just created, that MG only has one engagement a year. We have an, we have an average of 15, you should just know. That's how we got it up to 337 so far. You can do the math. But let's talk to you, Daniel. Um, you know, I thought you just read my book and showed up on a Saturday morning. Um, but someone else shared with me that you found MGE through a dating app. Now, can you tell us that story? Yeah, it's it's a long story, um, but I'll, I'll I'll do what I I'll do what I can. Yeah, we only um, have an hour, so let's let's cut to the chase. Okay, okay, <laughs> chill out. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, so, I a long story short, I uh, began to engage with the question: What does it mean to be Jewish? Um, uh, very slowly, it was something that was always in the far back of my mind. Um, and every every once in a while, maybe every every other every couple of years, it would kind of like shake, like in a locked box in the back of my mind. What does it mean to be Jewish? And I would never particularly deal with the question. Um, and I, uh, it became time to deal with the question or to begin to approach the question. I was. Uh, before I came east, I was uh, back in the Bay Area. I was doing a production of. Uh, I was on contract to doing a uh, production of Hamlet in the in the Bay Area, um, and I had some time in the day, um, and I began to engage with this question. And I, I spoke with the spoke with the rabbi back with back where in Palo Alto it was somewhat helpful. He wasn't a a cure of rabbi, but he was he was helpful in in kind of. Uh, beginning this this kind of help with question this question in my mind um and uh i was also i also began writing at the time i was working with a um i was working with a self-help book for actors um well no for artists um mm -hmm. and one of the instructions mm -hmm. in this one of the instructions in this book was to vaguely write three pages a day to god um, and this was not a concept. I did not have a concept for what God was to me at the time, but I began to, uh, write these three pages every day. Um, and at the time I was, you know, writing these three pages a day to reconnect with my own sense of artistry. Drama school was a lot. Um, and I needed, this, this book was to help me to reconnect with what was so exciting to me about my, my work as an artist. But the question, what does it mean to be Jewish, fell deeply into my pages, into my, into this, uh, into this kind of dialogue I thought I was having in my pages. Mm -hmm. um, and I eventually went, eventually, I went east um, to New York. I wanted to go to New York because I wanted to be around um, the actors in New York who were much more exciting to me than they were in Los Angeles. It's a different, it's a different matter. Um, and uh, one day. Uh, months later, I, I was completely let go of the question, what does it mean to be Jewish for a while? But one day I was sitting at a Starbucks and I got really, really disappointed with how reliant I was on my technology, mm -hmm. um, how much I, how much, how deeply I was connected to it. I felt like a cyborg. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, I just said, okay, I'm going to turn off all my technology that night. It was a Friday. I said, I'm going to turn off all my technology because I, I think that's what Jews do. I'm going to turn off all my technology. Um, this is this was just 
oh, two years and a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, then that, then the next day I said, okay, that was interesting turning up all my technology. I'm going to go, now I'm going to go to a show. I'm going to go to a show. I'm going to see what that's all about. And I went to this show and I, it, it wasn't, wasn't my, my vibe. I, I, I did not have a good time. It was, there was mm-hmm. no one my age there. There was barely a minion. Um, I, and then this was not, I, of course, this was not, of course, the Manhattan Jewish experience. This is not the Manhattan Jewish experience. <laughs> I, then I went to, um, the next week I said, okay, I'll, I'll try turning up my, my technology again. I think at this point I understood you, you turn off your technology for the 25 hours of Shabbat. I believe, I believe the week previous, I thought it was 24. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, so I, and you had never, I, and you had never really done a Shabbos or just like a turn off of technology. I don't think I, no, 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 no. I, I, these, this was all entirely new to me. Um, and then, okay. So the following week I said, okay, I'll turn off my, all my technology again. I'll go to a different show. And I went to a different show and it was not my thing. It was, it was this kumbaya experience. And I, I, I didn't know what I was looking for, but I didn't know it wasn't this. And there was also no one my age there who seemed to be asking similar first of all there was no one my age there but i was looking for people my age asking similar questions what does it mean to be jewish uh, you know uh and where and you know where are the people who deal with people my age like me asking these questions and the next day after this uh, it was a sunday i, I was on my my uh, the phone with my best friend and i was telling him you know this is really disappointing me, you know, because I'm, I have these, these, these questions and I want to, you know, I'm ready to, to deal with this and confront these, these questions, but it doesn't seem like there's anyone my age asking these questions. It doesn't seem like I'm able to find anyone who deals with people like me. And I got off the phone with him and I, I immediately started just flipping through my phone. I was flipping through a, uh, flipping through a dating app, just, you know, uh, just a normal Sunday. And I saw an advertisement for a kosher wine tasting. Um, and I don't actually drink, but I, I never heard of, heard of the organization who had, was running this uh, kosher wine tasting. So I looked it up and I learned, uh, you know, it was run by this, this rabbi whose entire life work was bringing disenfranchised Jews back to their heritage, um, introducing young Jews to essentially, you know, who they are, their history, their their heritage and uh okay so so i looked at this guy's uh and don't flatter yourself rabbi says i'm speaking about you in the third person um uh uh so i looked at this you know some of this guy's um content on on youtube some of his talks this you know this entertaining nerdy uh dad-like figure um uh who had a lot of interesting things to say um and then uh, I was walking to, um, I, I had, at the time I had a couple of day jobs and I was walking to one of them in the city. Um, maybe I was working at a hotel and I passed a uh, Judaica shop and I walked in and the first book that I saw was, uh, was uh, Beyond the Instant. Um, uh, and so I grabbed the book and I brought it home and um, I read, I started to read the book and what was interesting about the book was that a lot of curiosities and questions that I was cycling through in the pages that I was writing every day were very similar curiosities 
to the ones that were in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finished the book and at 2 a.m. on a Shabbat uh, 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 Friday Friday night at 2 a.m. And then I I showed up at the MJ, MJE on, you know, a couple hours later for for um, morning davening. It was the first time, you know, I arrived at this place. It was the first time I'd ever seen a machitza in my life. Um, I barely, you know, I barely knew you, you know, you served in, uh, you know, you were, you were an Orthodox rabbi. Um, I barely, you know, I, I didn't know anything. I just knew that, you know, this was, you know, this is, this was where I was going to be that Saturday. Um, and, you know, the davening itself, you know, it, it was a beautiful space. You know, people my age were walking in focused, um, you know, with a sense of determination, you know, the, 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 the chazan, you know, was, you know, overly welcoming, you know, not just, you know, not just welcoming in the set because it's a cure of organization, but because he was, you know, deeply connected and deeply passionate about sharing, sharing with the space. And, you know, the focus in the room and everything, I, I got this sense that there was something right about the space. It kind of like a, like a Goldilocks principle, like, you know, the, the previous couple of weeks I was, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, something was, was, was too much. The next thing wasn't enough. And then something felt like it. This, this like fit, it this fit. And, and did you what, I'm just right. curious, first of all, thank you. And I, you should just know, Daniel, that I remember, um, you coming really on time. Now everybody comes on time to services, as you know, and you came not at 9.30, but at 9.15. The service starts at 9.30. You showed up at 9.15, and we have just a small group of people that we study, and, and that got put on hold during COVID. We're actually starting it up this coming weekend. Just a little what's called a dvar halacha, um, uh, just some this is what happens when I, This is what happens when I leave, Rabbi. Yeah, start everything, every, everything start shut down. Start canceling programming. Yeah, well, uh, it had something to do with COVID also. Our minion went from 100 to 20, like, you know, overnight. So um, it was hard to get those few people at 9.15. But I remember you showing up at 9.15. And, um, and just like, Rabbi, I finished your book last night, and I came to learn. And I just thought that that was – I've been doing this for 22 years at MJ. I've never had anyone who – just read something that I wrote, showed up and said, okay, teach me. And you haven't left. I mean, it's been pretty unbelievable. I think we're, I think our listeners are missing some information though. Tell us a little about your background. I mean, we know, I know you didn't grow up in an observant Jewish home. Um, how, what was it like transitioning into learning more about Judaism, eventually joining our fellowships and now taking the year and studying in Israel in a pretty serious yeshiva in Israel Tell us a little how that transition developed, and um, and what was your what your parents and your family's reaction? Right. Um, well, I, I was born and raised in Palo Alto, California, um, and I didn't grow up in a religious household. We had, you know, I, I I always grew up with the sense that it was important to be Jewish. That was something that you know was very important in uh, in my household. Um, uh, and there were small gestures towards uh, Jewish things, you know, but, you know, in the end it was, you know, shul just, a, you know, twice a year for the high holidays. Um, and I didn't, you know, I, I chose, I, it was my decision to not have a bar mitzvah because I was, I was focused on, I was a performer as a kid. I was focused on, you know, that, that that's what, what I was doing at the time. And, 
I, you know, I just, I didn't, you know, I thought maybe, you know, maybe I'll do it sometime later in my life. Um, by the but, way, just to, just uh, to jump in on, I don't know if you ever had the bar mitzvah, but you know, you could, I know you've spent a year in yeshiva already and it well, seems like a little superfluous, but you know, you could still, we've had bar mitzvahs of people in their twenties and thirties. I love that. Well, you, you, you sent me on a Shabbaton with uh, a couple circuses, two circuses ago. And I had my first, um, uh, Parsha, uh, I had my first Aliyah mm-hmm. at, at a, um, at a show there. Um, I didn't plan on this. I, someone, you know, someone told, um, uh, someone told, um, one of the rabbis that, you know, I, I'd never given a, a, uh, given and had an Aliyah before didn't ask them to do this. I just like shouted it out. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go up and I'll give my, you know, uh, Aliyah just like everyone else does it. And then, you know, I, I, uh, the rabbi of the congregation makes an announcement to everyone. This is, this is, you know, visiting from MJE is first, his first, uh, Aliyah. And then, you know, I, I can say that I'll say the bracha just like everyone else says it. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be great. But, but then the room, you know, erupts in, in song and dance after I finish it. And that's, beautiful. The, that's amazing. Um, How did that make, what was that like for you? Strange. Oh, it was strange. Uh, uh, the, um, the, <laughs> they were name, of the, nice. the name of the, Right, 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 right. The name of the shul was the exact same name of the shul that I did not have my bar mitzvah at growing up, which is oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, but anyway, Wait. i i didn't I didn't grow up religious. I and I I the transition into learning with with MJE it was you know odd. It it, it was all new to me. I I don't I you know. I don't have a, I didn't have a taste for Torah learning. I didn't have a, or at least not a, not a natural one uh, that, you know, perhaps people who grow up in that environment do. I, I had a taste to assuage deep curiosities that would eventually lead to a taste for Torah learning, you know, but one day I, you know, I showed up at MJE on a Wednesday night and I walked into this, into the, into the, into the white room. And, you know, there was, you know, like 75 people in the room, like sitting down and, in Paris, and I was like, "What are they doing? Like, like what is like?" I was like, "What is going on in this room?" Uh, and you know, all of my and I'm for those I, of you know, listening. Really, by the way, that's that's MJ's one-on-one learning program. Just 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 so you know, right, right. So you know, I, I was highly everything. Every step I was taking was just kind of dipping my foot in, and I, I was saying, you know, I was saying yes to things, you know, you, you know occasionally you leave me a voicemail like a, like 1130 at night. I'm like, what, what is it? Like, it's like, and then, and you know, we're talking about, um, you know, opportunities. And I was like, okay. You know, I, I, I had a, more of a habit. I had, of, I had a habit of saying yes out of, you know, optimism and uh, out of an optimism that I'm today, of course, thankful for. Um, and I, um, yeah, it, it was, it was, I don't know. It, it was a, a strange um, shift, um, but uh, yeah, certainly a shift that I'm that I'm happy about. Thank God! Thank God! And and your family, how are they dealing with it? I think I, 
I, you know, I don't have any pushback from my, from my family. I think everyone's, you know, uh, I, I don't, I think that perhaps I fail at articulating, uh, you know, what exactly that I, you know, do with, with MJ or what I'm learning or what I'm, you know, what I'm learning in yeshiva or things like that. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, know, uh, you know, no, like, like, you know, no, nothing, my, my, I think my, I think at least for my father is a general sense that, you know, Jewish things are, are good things. Um, um, that's good. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange, you know, outside of the family, right. Outside of the family, it's, you know, things like learning in yeshiva. These are very difficult things to articulate to people. You know, these are very difficult things to explain to people. Um, you know, the, you know, cause then you'll start getting questions like, Oh, so you like, you're becoming like a rabbi. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not becoming a rabbi. I'm not, I'm not, uh, studying to be a rabbi. Uh, um, it's know, funny. the, the and, concept and of going to a place. No, please keep, the concept keep talking. Of going to a place and learning the concept of going to a place and learning, uh, just for the sake of the learning in and of itself, I think is a strange can at times be a strange concept to people, you know, you know the no no the end goal is not becoming a rabbi the end goal is uh uh becoming a better version of myself and, and i'm curious how your your friends we'll get to your acting background soon but but i'm curious how your friends in the acting world um your colleagues um are they are they positive about it are they supportive are they look whatever makes you happy dude i mean what what's what's their um, yeah, I, I think most of the people that I'm close with are, are fairly. I, I think performers are very spiritual people. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I, you know, I, uh, so I think most of the people that who know me well enough, um, and who I've spoken with a, a, some about my my journey, my curiosities um, towards you know my curiosity towards my Jewishness are very open about it. I I have a you know I have an amazing class and I, I was invited into this class in the city um this uh, acting class in the city um that i normally without out of outside of COVID times i was in in class with them five hours every tuesday um just you know a really some of new york's finest actors um and kind of like you know we go to this space and we work on our stuff like like uh, like at a gym kind of a thing mm-hmm. and um you know I stayed connected with them while I was in yeshiva. Long story short, our class kind of went virtual with, as everything went virtual sure, with COVID. Sure. And I was able to, I was able to take my class while I was in yeshiva. I, was, I would take it on Tuesday nights after, after, um, after uh, learning. Um, and I would, I would experiment in a kind of way in explaining what I was doing in yeshiva and explaining the kind of learning that I was doing. And, and the environment was very, receptive to it um i i think personally i think there's a lot of similarities between the things that i was learning in yeshiva and the kind of things i was and i've been working to grow on as an as an artist um and uh yeah i i I feel as though i had a very warm reception from my fellow uh performers beautiful and and what was the um well first of all you made a decision to go to yeshiva right before um covid or like as it was setting in, and I it was a very very bold move. Um, you literally got out 
you got into Israel, one of the literally last flights, I remember. Uh, they weren't letting anyone in else uh, afterwards. It's almost as though, like, the Almighty, you know, got involved with El Al and just like, wait, let this guy in. He's got to get in over there. Did the pandemic make it easier or harder for you to engage in serious Torah study in yeshiva? Right. Uh, well, just a, a small background on how I wound up at, at uh, yeshiva. I it, it was not something I had I had any interest. Oh, there we go. Okay. No. <laughs> Hold on one second. There we go. So I um. I, it was, okay, for just a short period, a little bit of backgrounds. Occasionally, you know, you and I would sit and, you know, we'd, we'd, just, we'd talk about things. Um, and occasionally you'd bring up this, you know, this concept of yeshiva, which is some, not something at the time that I had particularly known all that much about, but it was not something that I was interested in at all. Um, and I knew, I knew you would bring it up maybe every three months. Uh, and I, I'd say, you know, I'd say, yay, okay, but. But no, um, and, <laughs> you're very polite. Very polite. Um, you know, so the Wednesday night learning, which we began with um, uh, uh, with fellowship. So I I I, I uh, tried out a couple of chavrutas. Um, uh, you know, I had a great chavruta who had to leave, so I, I needed a new one, and uh, uh, Rabbi Klein um, Shuki you know, kept offering me new, new chavrutas. And I said, I don't like this one, not this one. And then, you know, another one come and I say, we'll we'll, we'll try the next one. And then one came and sits down and he tells me that he was, um, he was roommates with a very dear friend of mine in uh, yeshiva at a place called Machen Yaakov. Uh, I had a, my friend named Drew Feldman, who I studied acting with. He's directed me in a couple of things throughout the years. Um, He, went to study in Machen Yaakov. And so his roommate sits down and tells me that, you know, this is, this is who he knows. And I said, Oh, this must be my, my chavruta. Um, and, uh, eventually, you know, COVID would shut everything down. COVID, you know, COVID would shut the world down. And August, you know, I, I was happy with my learning with MJE, but, you know, I was, wasn't sure about what to, what to do. You know, all the theaters were shut down. It's not like I was auditioning. It's not, you know, it's not like it's not like I had much movement forward. Um, well, I took uh, so, I took full advantage of that of that reality. I said to yeah. you, I said to you and to Dylan. Dylan is another MG participant who is an actor who also I was able to convince to go learn in yeshiva. I was like, guys, you're not going to get a gig for at least another year. Nothing's happening in this town. <laughs> you might as well use this time wisely. But anyway, continue. That's but that's how you found Machon Yaakov was through. That's that's how I I I learned. I in August I spoke to Drew and I said, okay, look, this is where I'm at. I I I wanted to ask him about this yeshiva thing, and I, you know, we had a long conversation about where I was in the world and what I was looking to do, and we kind of came to the conclusion that I didn't have much justification to not consider something like yeshiva. And I said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll have a couple of conversations with a couple of rabbis. I, I didn't have a decision or anything like that. Um, and I spoke with a couple of people. You know, you sent me a couple of people to speak to. I spoke with a couple of people. And I eventually spoke with Rabbi Jacobs at Machen Yaakov. And we had a fine conversation. I didn't, I didn't have a decision. 
or anything like that. But the next day he messages me, this is uh, first week of September. The next day he messages me and he says, look, the state of Israel is going to shut down. And if you want to come, you, you have to come now. Um, and so w- what happened was, is that I, I was on a plane five days after, after that. And that's how I wound up in yeshiva. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. And yeah, I chose, I want, I want to be clear about why I chose Mach and Yaakov. Um, uh, and it, it, it wasn't just that, you know, I had a friend who went there and I do trust my friend. I trust, I, I trust Drew very well, who also mm-hmm. just, uh, got married. Um, I, I zoomed into that, to the wedding a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, and Machin Yaakov, uh, is a, it's a Musar focused yeshiva. It's a yeshiva deeply focused in the world of character development in the world of, I think, you know, uh, developing young menches into being, becoming as developed, um, gentlemen as possible to, to bring, you know, to be the best of themselves for the people around them, to be the best of themselves for their friends, their loved ones, uh, you know, their family, um, with the, you know, the, be the being the best of themselves for their business endeavors, artistic endeavors. Um, that's a lot of what we focused on in yeshiva. Um, you know, there was, you know, we had deep Talmud study, we had deep, deep, uh, humash study, um, and everything, but it was, it was all connected, uh, into developing the individual into, I believe Rabbi Gershenfeld, uh, talks about, um, actualizing a person toward, to, towards their, their full potential. So anyway, your question about how did, how but, did but, COVID but that's interact actually- with even before you get to COVID, though, I have to say that that is a really important point to dwell on for a moment, because I think a lot of people feel if they go to yeshiva, they're going to be entering this foreign environment, and I'm sure it's a very different environment from Palo Alto, California, or even New York City, but that it's like this kind of disconnected, you know, you're going to be studying in the Talmud, my ox gores, your ox, and it's nothing to do with anything. And I think it's important for people to hear what you just shared, Daniel, that, that um you're learning how to become the best version of yourself and right. you're learning how to actualize your potential. I think that's, that's really beautiful. And of course the Talmud is part of that, but, but right. you're saying that the yeshiva, they focus on texts and curriculum that help you develop your personality and your character. It's exactly what we did at Machin Yaakov. I mean, and one of our, one of our rabbis, you know, he's, he's a PhD in positive psychology. It was all, mm-hmm. it was all work. It, you know, we did a lot of, deep work in, in, you know, we had, we had two weeks on, we had, we had like two or three week long sessions on things like, like anger, uh, or, or things, you know, things about things like honoring your parents, uh, keep it up, um, you know, working towards deep integration of the text itself, the learning itself, the, um, uh, you know, these works from, from rabbis from, from thousands of years ago, and you know, uh, or Mozilla Yasharim every every Wednesday night, but working towards integration. Machen Yaakov, Machen Yaakov caps their their learning at one or two years. They don't. They do not want, for the most part, they, they want students to go back and, and engage with the world, engage, go back to their to their lives, uh, and engage as as fully as possible with as with as much as them, with as much of themselves as they can bring um 
Are you sure you're not being uh, paid by Machon Yaakov here? <laughs> this is right. a great I think commercial. The question is, I think the bigger question is, am I being paid by you? <laughs> well, well, listen, that's obvious. <laughs> You've been an MG, MG poster child from, for a long time now. But uh, that's a really beautiful thing. And, and tell us about then when you were in yeshiva, and, and I know because you and I spent a lot of time during the year, and, and you know, usually when students from MG sort of graduate from MG, they go off to yeshiva, they become, they find new rabbis and teachers, which you've done. But I love the fact that we've continued our connection and we've continued to study. And you were telling me in the beginning how challenging it was. It was challenging in the beginning to, to study Talmud. And because it's a whole new way of thinking, it's a pretty rigorous analytical right. way of critical way of, of ripping apart a text. But it seemed like you really came right. into that. What, 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 what was it eventually about studying Talmud that really got you? Okay. So I, the second I, I began to approach, you know, Talmud learning, you know, Gemara learning in the mornings, I would get these splitting, splitting headaches, you know, <laughs> like actual headaches. I, I thought that, you know, these were muscles I hadn't touched upon in a long time. You know, we were, you know, dissecting the Aramaic, dissecting the Hebrew within the, within the, um, um, uh, the, the Hebrew and the Aramaic, and then, the, you know, the reasoning within the Talmud, all those, you know, parts coming together, you know, the structure of the Talmud, then, then the narrative of the Talmud, and then, you know, the different languages. And then, you know, it, I was, my mind was getting ready to explode. Hmm. And uh, it, I would, could feel physical pain. Um, and eventually, eventually that eased. Um, and I had difficulties for months with my Talmud learning. I, I was growing in my ability to, you know, to memorize uh, and to take, you know, we had a, you know, we, there was a, there was a couple different um, rabbis who who uh, who led shears in the in the morning for Talmud um, uh, for morning shear, and I um, I had difficulty because my I don't I, you know I don't have an academic. Uh, uh, technical approach first. It's right. not, that's not an, an avenue in that I'm going to connect with. And I was ev ev eventually able to fully articulate the struggles that I was having. Um, but I, there were, I, I started to, there were small breakthroughs that I was able to, to begin to make. Um, and one of them was, was somewhat of a different approach to Talmud learning that, I, that I was able to Grow in um, at Machin Yaakov, um, which was that I, I started to be, get really interested in the narrative of what was going on in the Talmud. But, you know, uh, the, you know, beginning with the structure, beginning with the uh, what move is this, and then and and with and you know charts on the board and that approach first. I was having difficulty with this. I needed to I needed to fully embrace the. Um, the narrative, what was going on, pulling the people, pulling the situations off the page, pulling the rabbis off the page, and seeing what's going on. Who are these people? What are, what are what are what are what are they? What are the situations that they're dealing with? Um, you know, the laws that they're trying, that they're working to, that these rabbis are working to to understand, to express. I needed to see the people in it, um, and so I, I I did tiny things like I, I started to. I started. I, I started to make puppets out of paper. I heard about um, this. Tell us about I the could, puppets. You, 
I started to make puppets out of paper that I could use to illustrate, you know, okay, here's the, here's the man, here's, you know, here's the man, here's the wife, here's the money, you know, here, here's the, um, uh, you know, this needs to be exchanged for this, or here's the adim, here's the witnesses, and they're over here, there's the judge over here, there's a the husband over there, he's got to get over there, and okay, and then I, okay, I'm going to create this kind of dialogue to see how exactly this would play out. Uh, because the more I connected with the narrative, the more I, the more I put like, like this is, I, I actually, you I brought a puppet with you? You, you brought I a brought, puppet. I brought a couple of books. This is, this is, this is, this is, uh, Whoa. this is Blima. This is Blima. <laughs> I call her Blima. She's, I, she's very attractive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is Blima. Uh-huh. Uh, this, you know, this is, this is, this is my money. Uh-huh. Uh, this is this is my this is my these are my adim my witnesses two very witnesses. necessary right yeah uh, this this was a uh, a star a bill oh, of debt very good oh wow oh two thousand uh, stolen yeah and is this uh, Daniel is this yeah, for so I love yeah, exactly I love, I love so these I, puppets I, I was is able this, to it, it, you're saying to embrace the narrative is it, it you're more of a visual thinker and therefore seeing. I guess the characters in the Talmud, like in physical, in some, represented or symbolized in some kind of physical form, that made it simpler to follow what we call the Shakla Vitaria, the back and forth of the Talmud. I guess that's A. I mean, tell yeah. me if. I'm... Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. I think so. I, th- I think so. So I, I was eventually given a uh, a tutor in the mornings, a, a an amazing mm-hmm. rabbi who I who would uh, suffer through me every morning. Uh, for two hours, uh, Rabbi uh-huh. Seipash, um, uh, and uh, you know we would we would go through the Talmud. We would you know we go through the Gemara, and if something wasn't clear to me, if something wasn't clicking, I pulled out my puppets and I and I gave you know I gave them names and I gave them a situation and I was and so I could so and he would tell me whether you know where where I if my grasp of what was going on uh, was strong or if. Or we, or I would, or you or needed would some psychological it. help because when they saw you playing exactly. with puppets in the base medrash, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I keep uh, so, yeah, Rabbi Seif, so Rabbi he, Seif, he, he appreciated that. that, that uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he would suffer through my man. It, he, he, it's like it, he was like a. Um, he he's like he had mandatory mandatory attendance to my uh, to my performances in the morning. Um, he didn't he didn't have a way out. Um, uh, which is completely fine, um, but no. But it seems like you're merging together the world of Zalmud and the world of drama, of acting that you came from. Because yeah, I mean, I, and correct me if I'm wrong. It seems that like until this point, like you had spent a good year in is in, in MJE, more than that, and you had been through the whole fellowship program, right? But a lot of the fellowship program, you you talk about the parsha, you talk about different, I you know. That sort of corresponds a little closer to the world of drama. Talmud doesn't, so you have to create your own bridge. It seems, Rabbi. I think there's, I, I, in my learning, I just, you know, there were times where the where the Talmud would be, you know, incredibly surprising. Where, um, sometimes, look, we had a we had a whole class on on humor in the in the Torah, and there was, uh, there were times where I thought that the Talmud was hilarious. <laughs> I'll tell. I'll explain. I'll explain. You know, like there was one situation. There was one uh, Mishnah that was dealing with. Okay, so what? What if now? What if now? 
uh, she, he needs a pru- he needs he needs a pruta to to propose to her to propose to his uh, his bride. But w- what if he's giving her dates like like the uh, like the fruit dates? What if he's giving her dates and he's trying to make a uh, make a kedushin out of it? But she's eating them while while he's giving them to her. <laughs> this is hilarious, Rabbi. <laughs> And if people and are, and, and if by the people way, they're not trying to. What's funny is they're not trying to be funny. You know that this is real. Yeah. Okay. But if you know, people are sitting in. People are sitting in 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 the mirror in in Maya Sharim, and and they're going through this. You know, with and and they're 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 not stopping to see how how hilarious some of these situations are. I think that's a mistake. <laughs> well, I I I think that's. Listen, everybody has to find their own way in. And you and I were talking when you were having those headaches, and I was like, uh-oh, this is not good. How's the, how's, how's the learning going, Daniel? Uh, yeah, every time I open up the Talmud, I get a headache. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Uh, but first of all, my big Yashikach, big rabbinic pat on the back for sticking it out. Uh, I, I, and I'm so happy we're having this conversation because such, so much of the depth of Judaism doesn't happen quickly. So much of what's real and profound about being Jewish takes time. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice. And it's very hard. You know that at MJE, we try to make things as simple and as easy as possible. Just come from 8 to 9 o'clock on Wednesday nights, and we will hand you your Judaism on a silver platter. We'll make it simple and easy, user-friendly. The language, all of our flyers, no Hebrew necessary, user-friendly. And and by the way, I'm doing the right, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. The problem is you can't really inspire commitment when everything is simple. Commitment can only come through hard work, self-sacrifice. That's really what yeshiva is about. Um, I mean, I didn't plan for this podcast to be I, I, a commercial for yeshiva, but I just think that's so much about what Judaism is about. Well, I think, you know, after, after uh, you know, the better part of a year in learning, I've only now just become... I feel like I like I've walked up like a like a like yeshiva and MJE together was like walking up a cliff uh, towards and then now I can see like a huge endless expanse of of you know heritage and Torah you know that would take lifetimes to fully uh, grasp but and I I think I think even I think even you know the you know, the, the I think he, even the greatest learners would would ex, would express just as much that you know the the learning itself or the you know what is available is extraordinarily expansive and humbling. I think in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's there is a certain level of of breaking through to be able to see that, and I think that I. Uh, Yeshiva do you, think, do you think people can break through? See, this is the thing. And maybe I'm going to ask you, I mean, a little advice here for people listening. Can people break through and get that expanse? Can they get that aha spiritual connection without the hard work? I know I'm setting you up for a, an easy answer here, but I, I want you to speak to that a little because this is something I really, really struggle with. I spent years in yeshiva learning. I still struggle through certain texts and certain ideas. Um, but I'm, I'm always compelled to make things simple, user-friendly, no Hebrew necessary, just keep things easy and smooth for people. They're tired after a day at work. 
They're not necessarily interested in, in breaking their teeth over a Hebrew text. Just make it simple and easy. Get them in, get them out. You know, but then can you see that? Can you see the expanse, like you just so beautifully put it? Anything, anything worthy of attention, you know, worthy that's worthy of time is it's not going to be, it's not going to give that kind of immediate feedback that says, oh, I, you know, I just, I've accomplished something now. I've, you know, I, now I, now I get it. Now I can, you know, I can go to bed and wake up and, and learn something different. I, I don't think, I, I don't think that, uh, Judaism ends is set up to, to offer that. I think that it takes an extraordinary amount of effort, uh, to work towards something that requires an extraordinary amount of, I mean, the, the Torah is, you know, when we, I, we, we arrived in yeshiva and we were talking about all these different levels of grasping the Torah. There was, you know, the simple, there was the Peshat, the simple understanding. And then there was the, you know, the deeper levels and the deeper levels and then the deeper levels. And, it was like, and the, the Torah, you know, the Torah itself started to like expand into like this, like three dimensional space where, you know, you could see the work or the beginning of the work, the, the tiny steps of the work that would be required to begin to get closer to, um, to get closer to this stuff and you can be scared off. You can be scared by it. And I think it is easy to be scared by it. Many times I've, I, I think I've been scared by it myself. Uh, but, and it would be easy, you know, it would be easy to, to, to stop and say, Oh, it's, it's just a lot, but uh, it requires a deeper strength than people acquire. It requires something, you know, within themselves that says that, that, that is ready to, uh, and with courage, you know, take it on. It's, it's, so what um, would you say so are, Daniel, are, so, so Daniel, based on that, what would you say to yourself two and a half years ago before you started on this spiritual journey? Talk to yourself two and a half years ago. What would you say, or to someone, it's really not for you, honestly, I'm asking, because I'm always looking for help here. Because I, I live with this, with the struggle. We've had a lot of success over the years with turning a lot of young Jewish people on to Judaism, but I feel that it's getting harder and harder because I'm, I'm being pushed more and more to dumb it down, keep it simple, keep it inspirational, get them in, yeah. get them out. What would you say to somebody then who, who doesn't know what you now know from experience? I'd say to keep pushing forward, just to continue. Look, this is something that we talk about in, in, in my in drama. And it's something that we talked about deeply in yeshiva as well, which is which is in the realm of curiosity. If you cut off curiosity, you cut off everything. If you cut off, you know, you cut off your your ability to grow in any aspect in any aspect of life. Curiosity and the ability to fully engage with it, the ability to to grow it, the, the ability to uh, to keep it well maintained, uh, like a I don't know, like a like a plant or something is incredibly important. If you if you cut it off, if you say, oh, I learned something that I didn't like, oh, I learned something, you know, that that conflicts with my values, or or uh, or I learned something that, um, you know, I it sounded better to me, and it sounded similar ideas sounded better to me in this kind of this kind of philosophy. So you know, 
cutting off curiosity um, and embracing, you know, this uncomfortable idea that, oh, I actually don't know many things. There are there is a world of things that I simply don't know, and be growing in comfort with not knowing. I think. Uh, wow. wow. It's an is important. I think it's. A, I don't know. It was helpful helpful to me because I mean, it was half of the time in yeshiva was like, you know, it was just getting get you know finishing a day of learning. It's like, huh. Well, I feel like an idiot, <laughs> or or I or I, you know, this is just a, you know. Well, I'm just looking. I'm just looking up. I remember this amazing quote from Albert Einstein about curiosity. I'm not finding it, but what he said, he he. This was actually in Life magazine in 1955. They said they quoted from his, and he was in an interview. He said the the important thing is not to stop questioning. He said, "Curiosity," he continued, "has its own reason for existing. One cannot help but be in awe." When one contemplates the mysteries of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure of reality, it is enough if one tries merely to comprehend a little of this mystery every day. It's a beautiful right. line from from Einstein. Yeah, I think that's I think that's extraordinary. I, I think that look, when I arrived in yeshiva, and certainly at MJE as well, I decided that I was going to ask everything. I was going to ask anything that came to my mind. I would have you know, I'm, I've been, you know, welcomed into this environment, uh, and I am going to ask anything that's on my mind. And, and my, my yeshiva buffers, they'll tell you this is exactly what I did for the entire year. <laughs> I asked anything and I, I burdened, I burdened almost every single, all the rabbis with this unhinged, uh, questioning, which, uh, which was important to me. It's important to, I think it's important to, for Jews to know that we come from a tradition of questioning, that we come from a, from a tradition of deep, deep curiosity. It's not, we don't come from a space, from a space of, oh, it's just this and you need to know that. And please don't, please don't ask anymore. You know, we come from, you know, the way we engage as Jews, the way we engage with the Talmud, the way we engage with God is through struggle, is through deep, deep, questioning is to, is to digging and digging and digging and digging. I spent the year in yeshiva doing a lot of digging, doing, asking, you know, and sometimes even testing the rabbis, like, what are they going to do with this question? What, what are these, what are these, you know, what are these Haredi rabbis, you know, going to do with this, with this question? I'm, I'm going to say it as I'm going to say it anyway, it's going to come out like, like, what are they going to do with it? And I, you know, I, I never received pushback. You know, the, I'm in the depth of a religious neighborhood in Harno. And I'm asking I things that are so not appropriate for this podcast. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, we've talked about some of them, but um, I think that's really what it makes it. Listen, you you make your teachers teachers without these questions posed by students with real curiosity. Then all we're doing is just informing. We have to do more than informing. Right. We have to enlighten, right. and we and 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 by the way. You help flesh it out. Like when you when you pose a difficult question, this is what I've been telling. You know, I teach a course at YU for young rabbinic students. And I, and I told that, I said, until you guys get in front of a classroom with smart, uh, maybe not Jewishly educated, okay, but smart, inquisitive students, they're going to force you to think in a different way. They're going to force you. I mean, Daniel, you have forced me to 
go back to the books and try to come up with explanations for things that I really never understood myself fully and for which yeshiva, in, in a sense, can't fully prepare you for. All yeshiva is trying to do, and not all, <laughs> is teach you how to think. Right. That, that was the sense that I got, especially, you know, from, look, the world is a, you know, in the United States right now, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time engaging with people. It's a difficult time talking about difficult subjects, you know, going through the Talmud, going through the, uh, through the um, Gemara and paired with all the questions that I had with the, with the rabbis, you know, I got this sense that the way you come to a deeper understanding of, of, of the world and what God expects of, expects of us is through questioning and questioning and mining and mining and challenging and challenging and challenging and challenging. And I, I think about this deep, deep work that, you know, in, through the, through the Gemara learning. And I, and I think that I think back to what's going on in, in the, in the States, in the state of our dialogue. And I'm like, and I'm like, there, there's far more openness in right now in, in this, you know, in my conversations and with, with, you know, with, with the uh, rabbis who wear black hats than, than there are in, in many of the spaces that I normally inhabit in the, in the States right now. It's it's far, so, that's so know. fascinating. Oh, that's because there's nothing, there's no bad question and there's nothing that uh, that's off limits. I've seen the last 10, 20 years, all of a sudden you can't talk about certain things. You can't share a certain perspective, even if you don't want to, you don't believe it, but you want to like ask about it. You want to be able to get information there isn't enough. Sa- there's no safety net anymore for people to have a, a, a completely honest and open conversation. You can do that in yeshiva. It's funny because the outside world gets the reputation of being the most open and accepting, and we can talk about anything. And the yeshiva gets the reputation of being the most closed, where only certain things are acceptable to discuss or to entertain. And in in truth, it's just the opposite. I mean, that's what I'm hearing from you. I I think that's fascinating. Um, right. I think that's really what, tell us what's been your most challenging part of your journey towards a more, uh, let's call it observant life towards a more look, religious life. Uh, look, I, I, I think I'm, you know, I've been learning, you know, for, I, I think I'm still deeply learning. I, I've made deep, you know, I've made strong gestures towards, you know, towards more engagement. I, I still think that I'm, you know, even after you and Yeshiva, I think I'm still just learning and figuring, figuring it out and continuing to question, you know, and a, a lot of the people, a lot of my, you know, my wonderful Yeshiva classmates were 10 steps ahead of me with where they were in life, mm-hmm. with where they were in their, with where they were in their journey. And I, you know, you and I had spoken many times. It was something that I wrote down in my, in my, in my notes every once in a while. Sometimes, sometimes when things felt too much, I would write down, you know, I think one of your, not uh, me to say this, lessons. Um, it's not an all or nothing game, uh, which is, you know, which allowed me to take a step back, to breathe a bit, and for you know, for whatever steps I take in the future, you know, to keep them in check and to make sure that they are genuine steps forward in integrating my learning into my life. I didn't, you know, in yeshiva, you know, everyone's wearing tzitzis, everyone, you know, everyone's, everyone's, or not everyone, many people are, many people are 
many people very focused and and any step that I I wanted to take anyone I wanted to be coming from a genuine place not from peer pressure not from from this or that and so so that's what I've been focused on on any move I make forward is is uh, is that it comes at the right time um, and that it's something that I'm and I never I never experienced any pressure from from the rabbis or 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 any of my classmates um, uh, so so that's that's great, and you've decided to yeah. to stay on for another year. Which, well, I never said that. I said I'm thinking I, about it. That's what I heard. <laughs> uh, Rabbi, Rabbi, the, my classmates are going to listen to this, and then they're going to they're going to they're going to. It's a maybe. I need to. I need some time to uh, to absorb the, the last year, but but maybe. And, and what, maybe. what's it like? Is it, it must be wonderful seeing your family again, being back for a little while. Probably yeah, feels I'm like you're decide. in another another planet. Yeah, I uh, I'm happy to be happy to be home. Uh, you know, Israel's a, Israel's a beautiful it's a beautiful country. I, you know, uh, I, it's uh, but I'm I'm happy to be um, home right now uh, and just um, kind of defrosting a bit. I think uh, right. from 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 um, from learning. No, I do not know if I'll be returning. It's a maybe. Um, and what about um, what about the MGE trip? You know that MGE, uh, for those of you listening, MGE every year takes I just got fellows. back from Israel. Yeah, but you know, MGE fellowship trip is July 3rd through the 10th, through the uh, the 10th, yeah. And um, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> this is, by the way, how I do all my, all my recruiting. I put them live on Facebook Live and then just ask them pointed questions, you know. Exactly. Was, exactly. Now tell us how much you'll be contributing in, in your honor. For the dinner. <laughs> well, Daniel, I want to thank you for being so open. You're always straight, and that's what I, one of the many things I love about you and respect you is your openness and um, your forthrightness and just being serious about whatever you undertake. I think one of the great messages that's coming out of this is, you know, no pain, no gain. That if if we're not willing to really throw ourselves into something. And, and again, it doesn't have to be in Israel. And it doesn't have to be a year in yeshiva. But I'm inviting people, and I'm doing this off your back, if it's okay, Daniel, to all of our listeners. COVID is beginning to be over in the United States, in New York City. This coming Shabbos will be our first Shabbos, no masks. And, um, I mean, a lot of people took them off last Shabbos also, but now it's official. And um, it's an opportunity for people to re-come out of our caves and come back into our Judaism and into MGE and to really immerse ourselves in something that's beyond ourselves um, because I think we desperately need it. And I think if we want to – I love the way you put that before. If we want to see that beautiful expanse, then we've got to climb a mountain. We can't expect to see something beautiful by just gliding. It's got to be some kind of – some kind of um, pushback so that there's a push forward, there's a little tension, and then there's growth as a, as a result. And I, I can't tell you how much nachas, uh, Daniel, you give me, and you give all of us at MGE for the kind of growth you've put yourself through. Um, I give you a huge yeshikach for taking the plunge and going to Israel at a very, very complicated time. It was very smart, 
because now hopefully acting is going to start coming back. And now, my friends, now you're going to you'll know more about Torah so that you can really bring these two worlds together. I love the way you speak about drama and acting and how it's informed your Judaism. Now we have a chance to see Daniel Ryan Wallach, how your Judaism is going to inform your acting and the rest of your life. Hashem should bless you, my friend, with many, many years of continued spiritual growth. You should continue to study the Talmud, to learn it deeply. You should be Zoha, you should merit to become a great Torah scholar. And the way we talk, and of course, find the right person at the right time. <laughs> I guess continue to consult those dating apps. Maybe they won't just find you an organization to come to, but now an actual woman to marry and um, and be able to create a beautiful Jewish family with all of this wisdom and knowledge. If there's anything you wanted, I, I don't mean to cut you off and shut you down. If there's anything you, any parting words. It's <laughs> way too much pressure, Rabbi. I don't know. It's been, it's been great. <laughs> it's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. I really appreciate it. And please, everyone, come out to show your love to Daniel and all the other wonderful honorees. We had a very difficult time choosing who the honorees would be this year because we had you who went off to Israel to study, and we also, um, and we also have our good uh, a friend Scott who, um, who was the most avid participant in MJE, um, and we're honoring him for he's getting the MVP award, most valuable participant. That man, um, Scott, has come on more uh mge podcasts and classes and zoom and facebook it's it's unbelievable but we're coming back has he finally moved from pennsylvania no he's still in philly he's been in philly the whole time but he's coming back he's coming back to new york as a lot of people are and a little advertisement this coming shabbos i hope you're going to come to the city because this shabbos is our coming back shabbat and we're having a big blowout kiddish expecting a lot of people and uh, we hope to all see you there. And I look forward, Daniel, to continue to learning Torah with you. Excellent. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks, Rabbi. Have a good one. We're going to sign out here. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Wilds Cast. Subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. If you haven't already, please leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store. It only takes a minute, and when you do it, it helps others discover the show. Music from today's episode comes courtesy of Yosef Wiles. For more information about the Manhattan Jewish Experience, please visit our website at jewishexperience.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for joining us.